Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk. Happy Hour Radio, sponsored by Mary Hill Winery. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. All right, Seattle. Hey, Puget Sound. Welcome. It's Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and... uh Gosh, you're. What are, I gotta be a Scotch something. The uh, Sergeant of Scotch? No, that's just not high enough. It's. I gotta have some real. real I don't know. Your Scotch General. The. We'll figure it out through the show. Cause uh, it's all about Scotch, Scotchy Scotch, Scotch. It's. Uh, the single malt whiskey extravaganza is here in Seattle. It's uh, taking place at the Rainier Club, a place that I called home for many, many years, like a decade and a half, and uh, I saw that uh, that event grow. It's really cool. It's. Uh, Probably 40 different producers of scotch, or 30 producers and 40 expressions. Just so much scotch. It's scotchy scotch scotch. And I've got the pleasure of, of having the brand ambassador for one of the hot new, well, hard to say new, but the one of the newest brands in Scotland that is just rocking the world, and it's called Brook Lottie. Um, Michelle uh, Fedor is the brand ambassador, and she's here in studio with... Uh, a whole host of the, well, actually the entire range of Brook Lottie. And Brook Lottie is a uh, scotch, a whiskey um, from the island of, well, some people will say Islay, but it's called Isla. Michelle, welcome to Happy Hour. Good morning. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Good morning. I know, you you uh, scotch people, it's 6 o'clock at night, you never know if it's morning or night. And uh, right now, um, uh, I guess you need a, we need to wake up, a little eye-opener perhaps. Uh, so tell me about your history, and you've, you've had some experience in educating about scotch and, and spirits? Uh, yeah, so uh, I visited Brook Lottie on the island of Isla uh, for the first time last year in 2014. Uh, and just completely fell in love with Island, the people there, and specifically the the whole philosophy of Brooklady. Um, so yeah, it's tiny, tiny little island, uh, very um, wild, uh, very natural. Very wild. Um, and uh, that's what we're bringing uh, to the table with Brooklady. Okay, so um, Scotland obviously is north of England, and uh, where is this island in situation of the, of the island itself? I mean, sorry, Scotland. So it's one of the Hebridean Islands off the southwest coast of Isla. Uh, so yes, it's pronounced Isla, mm-hmm. not Islay, not Islay. Um, there's many different pronunci- pronunciations that I've heard of, but it's Isla, tiny, tiny little island, uh, 25 miles wide, a total of 250 square miles, uh, but it only has about a, a population of about 3,000 people year long. Wow, 3,000 people. And they all work at the distillery? There must be a baker (laughs) and a a shoe guy and a banker and all that? Uh, Sort of, yeah. Uh, So we've actually got 80 people working at the distillery, uh, which is uh, the largest uh, employed uh, company on Isla. Uh, So it's it's pretty... pretty loved by the islanders and we talk about scotch scotch actually has uh, there's many expressions of scotch but isla is a very specific style and how many let's talk about how many distilleries are there now and then talk about the house style sure there's a a total of eight distilleries uh one of which is a small farm distillery so sometimes it's not even on a map um and isla is known to have peated scotches which means it brings a smoky flavor and smoky scent uh, to the scotch and scotch is a 100% malted barley and uh, distilled 
three times. Yes. So to be called, to be a single malt scotch, you have to be made up of 100% barley. Uh, You have to be uh, aged for three years and a day. It has to be distilled twice in a copper pot still and um, aged in Scotland. Uh, But that's been stretched. Uh, Some people do pull the the scotch off of the island, off of uh, Scotland itself and age it in other places and we'll call it (laughs) scotch-flavored whiskey, but yes. Scotch-flavored, huh? Yes. Mm, Is that like butterscotch-flavored? Uh, no. no, much, much better. Yeah, well, they okay, good. Um, well, let's talk about the expression. It's really about peat, and peat is involved in some of the drying process. When you malt barley, you're actually adding uh, water to uh, germinate the seed, the barley seed, and then the, t- that germination turns the starches that are located in the, the shell of the, the husk into sugars, into simple sugars, which the, uh, was it, dietes, or no, it's the cerevisiae, the, the yeast will ferment it. <laughs> yes. So once once you uh, germinate the, the barley in order to convert the starches into sugars, um, we take that sugar, we add yeast to it, and that's what makes alcohol. Um, so it's it's part yeah part of that process. So we uh, should... what makes Brooklady really cool is that we actually use barley only from Scotland. So we keep Scotland and Scotch. It's a oh. sort of an industry standard to um, import your barley from other parts of the world, uh-huh. uh, but we think it's imperative that uh, we keep the flavor of Scotland in Scotch. So terroir is very important to us. Right, and so that peat is local. So peat is really a bog, and you use that to fire the the, the ovens, which help dry the barley, and continue it into the the mash tun and the wort and all that. So. Um, Peat is a very interesting flavor, aroma. It's uh, complex. It's very much uh, smoky, but it's campfire. It's oil. There's some tar notes. Um, how else would you describe peat if someone doesn't know what peat is? Well, there's lots of different styles. Uh, the style that we like to focus on when it comes to Port Charlotte and Octomore is more of a dry campfire kind of smoke. Um, so a little less iodine a little less medicinal Um just gives a, a really nice, I, I like to explain it like a dry campfire. Yeah, it's warming, and yes. it's uh, it's reminiscent of campfires. Sometimes you get that good campfire smell when you've been toasting marshmallows. Um, exactly. And, uh, you know, singing campfire songs, and a lot of singing will be going on at the single malt <laughs> scotch whiskey extravaganza. I'm speaking with Michelle Fedor uh, with Brooke Lottie, and we're going to dive into these wonderful spirits. I had the pleasure of tasting them with oysters. You know, who would ever think... Oysters go with scotch or scotch with oysters, and it's an amazing pairing. The brininess of those fresh oysters from Hamahama Oyster Company and the uh, the, the uh, peaty, smoky flavor just worked well. It's just it's great when you have plump, cold iced oysters as well. Yes. Uh, so what's the first uh, expression we have of uh, Brooklady? So actually, we have something a little different, a little off topic. We have the botanist gin, which is uh, the only other spirit made on the Isle of Isla um, outside of scotch. Uh, so it was, Jim McEwen was our master distiller, and he always had this dream to make something outside of scotch. He's been in the industry for 52 years, and uh, he decided <laughs> to come up with the botanist, uh, which incorporates 22 different uh, botanicals that are hand forged in the wild by a husband and wife team throughout the year um, and 
they're incorporated into this beautiful uh, gin that really is a great expression of what that island tastes like. That's a really cool idea. Obviously, um, the island is is made of peat almost, right? It's some rock and some peat. But, uh, you know, it's a wonderful place that grows all these wild herbs and flowers and and, um, botanicals. 22, that's amazing. That seems like a lot more. I know that uh, the the typical standard is is 8 to 12 or 8 to 14, but this is almost double that. Yeah, and there's actually a total of 31. There's uh, nine other botanicals that aren't uh, found on the island that oh. we need to import. So uh, there's a gin. total of 31, but 22 of those are hand-forged on Isla. Very cool. And yeah. um, gin, you know, it took them 52 years to, f- to fulfill this dream. So there's yeah. still hope for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, let's take a taste. What uh, What are some of the, the, the uh, local botanicals that go into this gin called the botanist? Uh, so there's uh, three different types of mint. There's uh, meadow sweet. There's... Um, there's a lot, and I just took a sip of it. Um, it's it's delicious. It's it's like a potpourri. I mean, it's, it does nothing really stands out. Everything's in harmony. It's like a great fruit punch almost. Yeah, it's really nicely balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the the beauty of this is that even though there's 31 different botanicals, again, 22 of which are so found coriander, around. juniper are, the, are some of the base, um, but you've got. Uh, um, elderflower, I think, was yes, in there. Yes, there's elderflower, spearmint, apple mint, uh, water mint, creeping thistle, tansy, lemon balm, chamomile, thyme, uh, ladies' bed straws, a really cool <laughs> one, yeah. Um, Heather, yeah, there's... Interesting. I, I, I'm surprised that the, the husband and wife team can actually identify all those. And well, not they're botanists. That's, oh, like, I that's see. They're professors of Got botany, it. so... Oh, that makes sense. They are the leaders when it comes to Botanicals. All yeah. right. Well, and um, this is a handful at a time, I imagine, just roaming the 250 square miles of uh, the island of Isla in the southwest region of Scotland. And um, this is an actual, actually beautiful gin because I, I see the gins, obviously juniper driven was, was most of the, the marketplace. And then just juniper was just kind of not, not that great tasting. That's why Retsina never made it, you know, the wine from in pine. Um Beautiful uh, spirit, uh, delicate, expressive. Um, I love the floral, and there's just a hint of sweetness. I don't know if that's from the alcohol or not. This is available here in the Seattle area. Yes. Awesome. And what would this run? Forty bucks, fifty bucks. Uh, retails typically for thirty nine ninety nine. Oh yeah, thirty nine yeah. ninety nine just for you today. Um, the botanist gin, uh, thirty one different botanicals, and called botanist twenty two from the island of Isla. Yes. All right. Well, I'm ready for a little brown spirit now that Let's you've got my it. palate wet with uh, beautiful gin. What's the first expression of Brooklotti? All right. So we've actually got three different styles at Brooklotti. So Brooklotti is typically. The name Brooklotti means unpeated, so not smoky. Oh. Uh, the second uh, expression we have is going to be Port Charlotte, which is heavily peated. And then finally, we'll move into Octomore, which is uber peated. Uber? So the, yes. So the first one uh, that we're going to be talking about and tasting is uh, Brooklotti, the classic Lottie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's really special about this is that 100% of the barley comes from Scotland. Um, it is unpeated and it is aged in mostly American oak barrels. Uh, so it's got a really nice, light, crisp taste, uh, really nice and refreshing. A lot of citrus notes, tiny bit of honey, um, just a really nice day sipping kind of <laughs> scotch. I love it. Brook has got a, a, a spirit for any time of the day, starting with the gin. And uh, this is just called the Scottish Barley, the classic Lottie. Yes. Um, it is delicious, well balanced. Uh, 
there's a sweetness in scotch. It's a whiskey, and you're getting all this this flavor from the, the American bourbon barrels, and um, that really imparts some complexity, some sugar notes. But the citrus here is is orange and, and almost a orange marmalade. I also get some apricot and some nut notes. Absolutely, um, yeah. We actually don't want to get all of the flavor out of the barrel. We like to also focus on the art of the distillate. Mm-hmm. So it is important for us to still have that flavor of uh, the barley coming through. So it's a really nice balance. It's not overly aged. And everyone talks about the hearts, the heads, and the tails. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's the uh, the art of blending is to try to find the best parts of the alcohol, of the spirit itself. And this is all done in a, in a copper still, right? Yes, copper right. pot still. Distilled twice. Um, it's distilled twice. Uh, the, f- the first is the wine spirit, and the second is uh, the true spirit. Um, we do take off the four shots and the feints, also known as the heads and the tails. Um, it typically comes out at about uh, 62 to 72% um, alcohol by volume. Okay. And uh, what's the proof on this? This is... 50%. Really? Yes. Oh, it doesn't so taste so proof. hot to me. Uh, yeah. So this is something that's really important to us. We don't over-manufacture. Like I spoke, we like to have a balance between um, the barley and the mattress. Um I love it. I, I, it's 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 not hot. It's got a lot of flavor. I think the flavor persists on the palate when the finish. Um, next is the I see that is Rockside Farm. It also says Isla Barley. Yes. This is unpeated as well. Correct. It's unpeated, and all the all the barley for this expression comes from one single farm on Isla, the Rockside Farm. Uh, it's it's on the Atlantic side of the ocean, so it really has a lot of great uh, salty flavor that comes through, uh, which is ingrained in the terroir, in the soil, comes through in the barley, and then finally comes through uh, on the aged spirit. Wow, I just took a sip. Now, it's, it's remarkably different than the first one. Actually, this is a br- br- little brighter, a um, little tangier, and I think that salt note comes through uh, just on the base palate and on the finish. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm. I like to, uh, whenever I taste this one, I always think of like uh, the end of a cereal bowl. Really hearty, cereally sweet with a nice little tiny bit of brininess. Like end. Captain Crunch with a little salt? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Mich- Michelle Fedor is here um, from Brook Lottie, and we're tasting uh, the lineup, the expressions of Brook Lottie, which is on the island of Isla. They're out there in Scotland, the southwest area. Um, the first one was Scottish barley called the Classic Lottie, and the second is the Isla barley from a single single farm I'd say vineyard I'm so used to saying vineyard Um, cool that's a great expression when we come back from this break we're going to dive into the three super uber premium expressions of Brooke Lottie here on Happy Hour Radio folks if you have any questions send us an email to ask at happyhourradio.net and uh, stick around we'll be right back here on 570 KVI Hi, this is John Bookwalter with J. Bookwalter Wines. You're listening to Happy Hour Radio on 570 KVI. A look at the world from a Northwest perspective. Lars Larson, live, weekdays, noon to 3. Talk Radio 570 KVI, want to know weekends continue. Now, back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. 
All right, welcome, welcome back. It's time for round two here on Happy Hour Radio. Hope you have something great in your class. Saturday night, it's happy hour. And I have the pleasure of uh, hosting uh, Scotchy Scotch Scotch. It's Brooke Lottie in the house for the single malt Scotch whiskey extravaganza taking place in Seattle over at the Venerable Rainier Club. And uh, Michelle Fudor is um, here as the brand ambassador for Brooke Lottie. And Brooke Lottie is a, uh, a Scotch distillery uh, on the island of Isla. And uh, they're known for... Great peat, great smoky whiskeys, except the first two had no peat, and that's pretty cool. So you've got uh, a little bit of both. You're, you've got something for everybody, Michelle. Yes, exactly. Um, you've got this cool James Bond black bottle here. It's called Octomore. Or what are we, so what are we trying next? Well, we're going to do black art next. So this black is, art. Um, this is a, a little dirty secret of Bugatti. Uh, oh. uh, so it's, it's sort of... Uh, a, a, a heartfelt s- secret that we keep at Brooklady. It's a, a very long aged uh, distillate, 23 years, but Ooh. it's aced in very special red wine barrels. Red, red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Brooklady is really the uh, the Scotch for wine drinkers. Um, mm. There's a really great connection between where we source our barley and like the thought process of where grapes are sourced. Uh, with Black Arts, like I said, it's aced or finished in red wa- red wine barrels, uh, really beautiful ones like Sasakaya and Petrus. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. You know, I was always, um, it was hard for me to appreciate uh, a, a whiskey in a red wine barrel because I'm thinking, you know, red wine is tart and it's, it's tannic and, you know, fruity. And then you've got a spirit which is just its own... Um, unique flavor profile but this really works this marriage works i think you get the the freshness of the well, i don't say call it fresh but the, there's that light appeal but it turns into this dark and um you get that sense of red fruits coming through the expression yeah it has a really beautiful ruby red color to it um and the on the palate you really taste a really nice note of port and dark red fruits like black cherries and raspberries um it's a really beautiful expression that's very special. In 23 years, uh, obviously, that sort of um, uh, concentrates some of the scotch flavor itself. And uh, how, what's this production here? I mean, how many uh, barrels does Petrus have in Sasakaya to have to send you? Probably a lot. Uh, we've got a couple handfuls for okay. sure. Um, those are just two of the uh, wines that we partner with. But, uh, but yeah, um, so, very small production with and, Black Art. And Brook Lottie was started when? Uh, well, originally 1881, ah. uh, but the current team uh, that is working at Brooklady started back in 2000. Okay. Uh, they pulled their full first distillate uh, off the still in 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, fairly new, very progressive, completely different uh, mindset when it comes to scotch. Uh, very thought-provoking. It is. Uh, very thoughtful scotches. And I think, you know, whiskey uh, spirits enthusiasts really graduate to scotch. That's kind of the end all. Um I would say cognac's up there as well, but there's so many more expressions of scotch than, than, than cognac, and um, I, I think this is absolutely delicious. Curious, 23 years, they started in 01, they must have had a barrel sitting in the someplace, and they pulled that out. That's right. Yeah. So uh, we, when we bought the distillery in 2000, we actually bought a lot of inventory is what we paid I for. See. And so that inventory, the barrels that were sitting there, we actually emptied and put into newer barrels so we could get a little bit more flavor off of off of those new barrels and then once it was ready we then uh, again pulled it out of the oak barrel and put it into a wine oak barrel uh, so that's how we we made black art it's so fun and uh, the brook lottie lineup is is uh, 
obviously bright on the shelf. You've got the, uh, what do you call that color of the bottle? I want to call it aqua something, aquaman. Uh, we call it Brooklady Blue. Brooklady Blue. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really uh, about 20 strides in front of the distillery gates. You hit the Lockendall Bay, which is uh, where we're turquoise. located. Yeah. And uh, the bay really is truly that color. So we wanted to uh, really express that color of the Lockendall Bay because that really plays such a role in our flavor profile. I get it. And then, of course, the uh, the Rockside Farm is a clear bottle. Then you've got the Black Art, so you can't really miss these on the shelf. Um, a stout, uh, a strong little bottle here with uh, lots of good stuff inside. Yeah. So Black Art, what's this run? Is this, is, I imagine, 23-year-old spirit. You're going to talk about uh, $250, $300? Yeah, it's up All there, right. but it's I might take it. a I, th- I need a little bit more <laughs> sip of that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got two more uh, yeah. spirits from Brooklady. What What's uh, in my glass here? So Port Charlotte Scottish Barley is next, and this is one of my favorites. It's a, a really great uh, peated scotch, uh, but it has a different kind of flavor profile than your typical um, heavily peated scotches. So this is more of a dry campfire. So if you really close your eyes and think about the last time you were roasting a marshmallow over that campfire and that smoke came into your face, that's what you're tasting in this glass. Mm. Uh, really nice smokiness, but has that tiny bit of, of uh, sweetness off that marshmallow and uh, a little bit of Saltiness, brininess. I think this works with graham cracker and chocolate. I'm ready for a a Brooklady s'more. And this is called the Port Side, the Charlotte? Port Charlotte. Port Charlotte. So Port Charlotte is um, an old distillery that's no longer functioning. That's about two miles south of Brooklady. It was originally called the Lockendall Distillery. Uh, We use it now only to age our barrels of Port Charlotte. But when we were making Port Charlotte originally, we wanted to express what that distillery, distillery used to produce. So uh-huh. this is um, reminiscent of the original Port Charlotte's or the Lockendall Distillery. Is there a historic society there on Isla that sort of talks about, um, you know, the history of the distilleries and there's like a, a vault that has all these recipes or is that just sort of handed down by word of mouth or legend? Yeah. Uh, well, legend has it, at least what I've heard, uh, that Jim McEwen knew one guy on the island that remembered what Port Charlotte tasted like. So they sort of... Uh, partnered up together to recreate it. I love it. I'm thinking in my mind right now, this Scottish brogue, oh, it's a bit, uh, <laughs> I can't do it, but I had Dr. Bill Lumpson from Glen Morangie, and he's a, he's a good Scotsman. Um, the last one, interesting name, this is the James Bond bottle, the Octomore. Yes, Octomore. Uh, so Octomore Farm is a, a neighbor of Port Charlotte Distillery, and Octomore Farms actually owned by a guy named James Brown. Um, <laughs> he is the godfather of soil. Brown. He really knows godfather. his terroir. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Look at you. You're mixing it all Cha-ching. in there. Uh, so, yeah, he Octomore is uh, uber peated, the heaviest peated scotch in the world. In the world? In the world. Even so, more than Peat Monster? Yes, much more. Wow. Uh, so, uh, the 6.1 series is at a 167 parts per million when it comes to phenols. Uh, but again, has a different kind of uh, smokiness to it. Instead of having that like really aggressive kind of smokiness, it's a nice, rounded, soft smokiness. Uh, so Port Charlotte was a dry campfire. Now we're going into like a, a barbecue pit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, 
because our stills have very uh, narrow necks and they're very tall, the spirit has a lot of contact on the copper, which gives it that softness. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. You're right. Um, I would think with 167 parts per million of phenols and with the, the peat, this would be just exuding from the glass, but it doesn't. It's actually all hidden on the palate because mm-hmm. um, the nose doesn't have quite uh, the force that I think of, of some of the other um, heavy eyeless scotches. I agree. This, it's beautiful, and you're right. Just as you get past that first sip, you drop down into that barbecue pit, and it's yeah. it's uh, it's crazy because it really reminds me of uh, the, the sort of that sweet smoky note on perhaps a piece of brisket, and it just got something very savory to the mm-hmm. to this spirit. And um, wow, Octomore, how does that name come about? Uh, well, it's the Octomore Farm. It's, oh, it's, yeah. So the James um, Brown. Yeah. So Octomore. James Brown. Yeah. Octomore Farm. Um, what's really cool about the Octomore Farm is it supplies us with a lot of barley. So the six point three series, um, all the barley comes from the Octomore Farm. What's so cool about that is that after we're done mashing that at the distillery, it actually gets fed back to the cattle on the Octomore farm. The cattle then fertilize that farm land and then it regrows barley for us to use in the next series. <laughs> I love it. So you take the harvest the barley, you take the mash out of it, and you make scotch, then you feed it to the cows who then poop on the ground. They're very happy cows. <laughs> very happy cows. <laughs> wow. Um, I wonder if they're, you know, they, apparently cows fart a lot. So <laughs> that's a smoky. That's a bit of peat in that one. <laughs> uh, well, Brooke Lottie, you've got a website? Yeah, brooklottie.com. B-R-U-I-C-H-L-A-D-D-I-C-H. You can follow that, Brooke Lottie. I'm sure your smart Google computer will help you spell that and they'll find it. Um, you've got five expressions I saw one the other day when we had that oyster tasting, which was fantastic. There was a gold bottle. What was that? Yeah, that was, that was just... the 6.3. Oh, my God. That is just amazing. So, yeah, the 6.3 is all the barley comes from the Octomore Farm. So it's a single farmed barley. Um, the PPMs, the parts per million, rise up to 258 on this one. Uh, the 6.1 was, they're both at cast strength, but we're at 57% mm-hmm. alcohol on the 6.1. And then with the 6.3, we jumped to 64. Holy smokes. Yeah, so these are meant to be drank with wa- uh, water. Water. So, yeah. <laughs> with wine. wine. Water. Side of with wine. people yeah. with a glass and an ice cube. Wow, what a treat. And I tasted that uh, 6.3. It's incredible. It's bacon. It's bacon in a glass, and it's uh, candies and, and fruits. And what a treat. I love scotch, um, and uh, I'm so pleased to have the chance to taste these expressions with Michelle Fedor of uh, Brook Lottie. It's brooklottie.com, and uh, you can find all of these expressions at Total Wine and BevMo throughout the Puget Sound and throughout the state. So don't be, uh, don't be afraid. Go check them out. And uh, the investment, it's worth the time. You're not guzzling this stuff. It lasts so long on the, on the palate. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, Michelle Fudor, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thanks, Chris. Hey, um, good times. Uh, I still got some glasses of scotch here. I might finish these. When I come back from this break, um, we're going to be talking to uh, Gene Shook, who is uh, a gin master. And uh, So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, I'm Mina Williams with Northwest Stir, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. 
All right, folks, welcome back to Happy Hour Radio. Time for round three, and uh, we did some brown spirit, uh, some very peaty single malt scotch from the island of Isla in Scotland. We're going to turn it around. I've got a very, very pale spirit in front of me, and uh, this is called Gin. And I've got the president of uh, the Seattle Gin Society, Gene Shook, here with me. And uh, Gin, Gene, uh, we'll call you Gin. Gene, Gin, <laughs> welcome do. to Happy Hour. Well, welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, so excited. So Gin is is really um, a catching on strong throughout sure. the world. People are, are getting to, I should say, distillers are, are having an opportunity to play with uh, their spirit to mm-hmm. impart a whole variety of traditional and new flavors from their botanicals and their spices and herbs and fruits and all this stuff. So... Um, by law, what is gin supposed to be? By law, the only thing you have to have in gin is juniper. There's no requirement of how much or anything. It just needs to have juniper in it. Okay. That's simple enough. And, and many gins now have uh, uh, an ubiquitous amount of cool, savory, and aromatic botanicals. Um, yeah. One of them today was, has 18 botanicals, in it, 19 botanicals, rather, which makes it rather peculiar in the market. We're, we're going to try other things first, but yeah, that one's... Well, great. You brought four gins today into studio, and I'm excited to taste the first one. What'd you bring? Uh, the first one is actually a barrel-aged gin. Um, it's from Ula. It's called their Waitsburg Barrel Finished Gin. What they did is they have um, they make a whiskey. Ula is up on Capitol yes. Hill, uh-huh. um, which is quite lovely. And they then used those barrels to age some of their gin in. They did it for two to four months, and they added 13 separate botanicals into their traditional gin to come up with this um, wonderful flavor. And when we talk about imparting these flavors, there's several ways to do that. There's maceration, there's vaporization, and there is infusion. In, right. So they got all three down. Yeah, they're, they're, this one is maceration. Maceration. Yeah. So they actually steep. They steep it in botanicals in, in there, and then they redistill it, and yeah. then they put it in the barrel for a while. Cool. Um, ma- the, they're you know, the, the other ones, the emulsion one is not one that is I'm particularly fond of. Right. <laughs> um, wow, interesting flavor. It yeah. certainly has the the, the feel mouthfeel of a a brown spirit. Right. You get that oak and a little sweetness from it as well. Yeah, and I think that this one, again, probably works in what you would think of a whiskey cocktails. So any whiskey cocktail, I would experiment with using this gin, and you, you're going to find some exciting things. Uh, it's quite flavorful. So Ula Distilling up on Capitol Hill, and yes. this is their barrel-aged gin. Yep, and then Excellent. another barrel-aged gin we have today. Oh. Yep, um, a good comparison is Counter Gin. They actually are doing an Old Tom preparation. Old Tom gins, uh, it's a standard uh, set of rules about how you make Old Toms, and they do require some element of barrel aging over a period of time. Is that also sweet? Is an old Tom gin old supposed time, to be a little sweet? Yeah, old Toms are going to end up being a little bit sweeter. Uh, from the barrel? From the barrel. Okay, that's yeah. how it got sweet then. Yeah. Interesting. And this is called the Counter? Counter Old Tom Gin. Counter. Yep. Okay. And where is this from? This one is actually from Batch 206 over on Elliott Bay. Oh, yeah. Jeff Steichen. Yeah. I know yeah. Jeff. Yeah. That's Jeff, cool. Yeah. Jeff's, Jeff's got, they got a lot of barrels and they made this gin and um, it's actually won quite a number of awards. Wow. It's very pretty. Yeah. It, very floral and fruity up front. Yeah. It has a much bigger bouquet, I think, than some of the other barrels. Tropical barrel coconut. Gin. Yeah. Interesting. Papaya. Mango. Um, maybe not mango, but. The, the rounder stone almond fruit. joy. And yeah. there's a hint of milk chocolate. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's complex. There's a lot going on yeah. in that gin. Um, that comes as much from the barrel again as it does from the actual gin. Where are those barrels from? Um, they use. Uh, oh, they have a weird set of barrels that they use. They're Hungarian. <laughs> oh, Hungarian oak. Yeah, yep. that's yep. traditional they, for winemaking. Yep, from and then Chardonnay. They're Chardonnay oaked barrels. 
um, which I find sort of interesting. That is interesting. Well, I was always having a disconnect from uh, red wine barrels with spirits because it just seemed weird, but um, I'm I'm over that. I think you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, the proof's in the taste, and this tastes really great. Um, Ula and Counter Gin from Batch 206, probably in the $35, 40 range? Mm, yeah, probably around that. Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, you have four today, and I'm certainly enjoying myself here with Gene <laughs> Shook, the president of the GinSociety.com. Uh, Gene, what's wine? What's gin number three? Gin number three, uh, we're going to go to France for this one. Um, the French actually have been distilling gin almost as long as the Dutch, and they beat the English to it. Um, they have a gin called Citadel Gin. Citadel. Yes, which they have been making in pot stills for, um, well, the tradition is over 400 years. A uh, company re- reestablished this tradition about, about 50, 60 years ago. They're, what I'm giving you here is their Citadel Reserve Gin. And what they did is they've created their own new category of barrel aging with um, an enhanced process. So they end up creating a very bright, universally liked, I think, um, barrel aged gin. Um, One of the things you'll find with barrel aged gins is some people may like gin. They won't like the barrel aged. Some people like whiskey. They like the barrel aged. The Citadel Reserve Gin, I think, is, is universally popular. This one has a little more heat to it. Is this yeah. higher proof? It's higher proof. Um, they uh, are, have just started this process in 2009. They're the ones that use 19 botanicals, as I think I said, um, which I think is a very French thing to do. They came up with <laughs> how they want to make their gin, and then they add a little bit of this and add a little bit of that, and all of a sudden, they're by far not the, the gin with the most botanicals. Um, there's one that has over 45, uh, but this one, I think, is, you know, they've really thought through their process to come with something that's really brilliant. Um, they're also experimenting, though. They've used the traditional process and are looking on to the next thing. So they're going to be going with the Solera method next in oh, terms really? of coming out with their gin. So they're they're aging gin longer than a lot of people and uh-huh. will be blending it back in with each other to come up with, I think, a, a unique t- taste over the long term. That's really cool. So for our listeners out there, Solera is a method of, it's a fractional method of blending. So yep. they take a, what's called a criadera. It's a, it's a row of barrels and you add another row up top of it, another row up top of that. You kind of need three rows to make a right. true criadera and... And uh, basically, they're taking 10% from each barrel um, or whatever the percentage is to and to actually c- keep the spirit alive. It's sort of this uh, regeneration. You, you keep aging a spirit. And by the time the top, the 10th, uh, the tenth row of barrels gets down to the bottom. It's all har- harmonious. Right. Every that bottom barrel has a bit of every of those. So there's a little bit of old gin in there for sure. Um, this time. is really delicious. This is more citrusy, more orange peel or something for me. Yeah, they 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 have a lot more heavy on the um, the orange orange side on the the citrus side. Surprisingly enough, or not surprising enough, it is actually a rum company that is um, that's owned that owns Citadel Gin. So they use the sort of traditional rum processes as well in in. So they're making a, a sugarcane-based spirit. Um, they're not making. They, they actually still end up using a neutral grain spirit okay. um, coming from um, wonderful French wheat. Uh, but they Great all the goose, other presses. Right? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, delicious Citadel. This this looks like something grand. The bottle is pretty. Um, it's very tr- uh, royal, regal, and. Uh, Citadel, and it's from France. It is from directly from France. Yes. So I guess this is. Uh, hopefully, the government subsidizes the prices low. What is this? <laughs> this one actually is, is uh, comparable to the other two. Okay. So um, they've gotten a, a fairly large 
production site, so they're able to keep their their costs really cons- Fun. consistent. Well, I, I love it. There's so many different expressions of gin, and uh, you certainly uh, have whetted my whistle. There's a fourth gin here, and it is? This is Copperworks. Copperworks. Um, Copperworks is also a local distillery. They are down on the waterfront. They have a unique barrel aging program in that they will do a set of barrels and bottle it, and then they're done. And one of the barrels that they did is a mezcal barrel. No way. Yes. So they did a mezcal-aged, barrel-aged gin. And for mezcal, for those who don't know, mezcal is a spirit from Mexico that is made from a variety of different agave, not including the 100% blue Weber agave. Yes. Yeah. So, it, it, so this one is all in the top of, tip of your tongue. That's impressive. Um the, the mezcal, it's going to be... Oh, a, my goodness. I just took a <laughs> whiff of that. That has got some mezcal in there. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a different flavor and taste to it. There is actually a mezcal gin, um, which I don't have at the moment, and someday you'll have to try that Crazy. one. It's a gin made from mezcal. This is mezcal barrel-aged gin. Um, it's got a lot of spice. It's challenging, um, but I think it's a lot of fun. It is fun. It's very forward, and I don't want to say aggressive, but it's... It's like a puppy dog that still wants to, you know, play with you and get in your face and yeah. lick, lick. Yeah, and, and when we do tastings, we definitely use this one at the very end because yeah. your palate is going to be a little bit, you know. There's certainly burnt. sweetness, though, I and mean, there's Sweet, some sweetness coming there's through. There's sweetness. I, I, For me, I always just find the, the spice there. You know, the, the mezcal has, has given it some sort of deep expression in, in your That's your very cool. It reminds it. me of a, a, a scotch in a way because yep. you get that smoke from the mezcal because they're using, uh, um, you know, roasting those uh, maguey. Yeah. And, and gin and scotch are not typically associated with each other, so it's kind of fun to find something that is a gin. But, oh, wait, there's hints of scotch in here as well. It's so fun. So, uh, Ula, um, Dawn of the Dead, what was it called? Death's Door? <laughs> De- yeah, the Ula. Um, we have Ula. We have Waitsburg. Waitsburg. Ula. Batch 206. Counter. Counter, Citadel Gin, and Copperworks Mezcal uh, Gin. I love it. Well, so fun. Gene Shook, president of the Gin Society, thanks so much for joining me on Happy Hour Radio. Thank you. And I like gin, and gin is in. Tis the season for gin. And now that it's, uh, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. Coming up after this break, um, we're going to talk about the holidays. And I've got some great wine suggestions. In fact, some of the top 100 wines in the world, according to Wine and Spirits magazine. So stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Hi, this is Yashar with ImpulseWine.com, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan on 570 KVI. Only one station has Sean Hannity. Weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. on Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle, Somalia, Christopher Chan. All right, folks. Ho, ho, ho. It's uh, it is the season. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and uh, you've had a long weekend enjoying the, uh, well, the proverbial leftovers, all that great stuff and turkey, etc. But uh, it's time to get into December mood and for the holidays. And I've got a, a great idea for you to celebrate the Washington wines of the world that have been ranked the top 100 here in Wine and Spirits magazine. These are definitely going to be great gifts um, for yourself or for some of your friends, bosses, and co-workers. Uh, lots of great wines in this um 
top 100 and some great iconic wines and some newcomers here in Washington. Uh, first of all, uh, one of the great wines in the top 100 here is Pepper Bridge. And I uh, had the pleasure of having Jean-Francois Pellet, the winemaker for Pepper Bridge Winery, here on the radio show a couple weeks back. And uh, he's uh, listed as the top 100. We've got uh, three wines from them, top scoring wines from Pepper Bridge. The uh, 2012 Walla Walla Valley, Seven Hills Vineyard, Cabernet Sauvignon, got 93 points. And, and that's a lot. 93 points, when you get up there, I mean, that's rare air. Anything above, really, 90 is, is going to be great wines. Um, I always recommend decanting these uh, these young Cabernets. So uh, that's about 60 bucks out at Esquin or McCarthy and & Shearing and uh, some of your favorite stores, I'm sure. If you've got a great uh, wine steward out there, talk to them. Make friends with them because uh, they can get you all the goodies you ever desire. So Pepper Bridge is on that top 100 list, as is uh, Lake Hole number 41. Interesting, uh, the second uh, winery in Walla Walla um, after Leonetti, and uh, Lake Hole was founded in 1983. Um, they've got some great wines. Also, another Cabernet Sauvignon from 2012. The uh, Lake Hole Walla Walla Valley Cabernet Sauvignon also got 93 points. And what's cool about this, it's, uh, it's only 40 bucks, and I'm sure it's quite delicious. So I would recommend getting one from Pepper Bridge and one from Lacole number 41. Marty Club uh, is the uh, the fam, the matriarch, or I should say the patriarch. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. His lovely wife, Megan, is the matriarch of Lacole number 41. And the 2012 Walla Walla Valley Cabernet Sauvignon uh, got 93 points. He also has a couple um, interesting wines here. One is called Perigee. Perigee is a, a Bordeaux blend, and that got 92 points. So 2012 is shaping up to be a great, great, great year here in in, uh, well, in the vintage of Washington wines. Um, also, we've got, uh, of course, the stalwart who is really the uh, the godfather of Washington wine, Chateau Saint-Michel. And, um, you know, they're celebrated. They've got so many great wines out there. But the one that made the top 100 list here for Wine and Spirits magazine is uh, the Eroica Riesling. And this is a joint venture with uh, Dr. Ernst Lucen, who is uh, from Zimosel. And uh, he's uh, uh, the German guy, comes over here in Washington and works with Chateau Saint-Michel to make this fabulous Riesling just off dry, bright acidity, ne- nectarine and lime and uh, peach. Um, go figure, the 2013 Columbia Valley Eroica Riesling got 93 points. So we're on a trend. In fact, I think Washington State's got the most wines in the world over 90 points. Um, and that's a fact, actually. The reason goes great with uh, well with the salads and some of the sweet and uh, fruity stuff you have for the, the dinner table. Um, also makes a great gift, and it's quite refreshing. And uh, also here, um, for our Oregon friends, uh, Bergstrom Wines. Josh Bergstrom is the new winemaker. Well, he's not really new. He's part of the family. He uh, actually took the reins about six years ago. And go figure, uh, if you like Pinot Noir, something a little lighter than the Cabernets we've mentioned, try the thirteen, uh, the 2013 Willamette Valley Sigrid Chardonnay or the, the Bergstrom Vineyard Pinot Noir. These both got 93 points. So uh, the 93, uh, the scepter of 93 goodness heads down a little south and uh, Oregon, Bergstrom Wines, the 19, <laughs> 19, 2013 Willamette Valley Chardonnay and the Dundee Hills Bergstrom Vineyard Pinot Noir. Great wines, both 93 points. And uh, also on this list is um, one of my favorites, uh, a neighbor of mine out in Walla Walla, is uh, the lovely Schaefer family, Tom, Kathy, and uh, their great daughter, Anna. Anna. 
Marie, I should say Anna Schaefer, Anna Schaefer Cohen, because she was uh, newly wedded. But she's got some great wines. And 93 is the number today because they're 2014 Boucher Vineyard Viognier Marsan, which is a white wine, got 93 points. And what's really cool, they've got this uh, this wine called Owl and Crown. And this is a 2011 Walla Walla Valley Cabernet Sauvignon, 93 points. So check it out. That's the new issue of Wine and Spirits, the uh, 100 Best Wines, Top Wineries of 2015. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, join us next week, because I've got Karen McNeil, the author of The Wine Bible and the new edition of The Wine Bible, coming up on the show. So that's uh, next Saturday. Um, Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Remember, folks, life is always better with the designated driver. And if you're heading out, don't be afraid to take the Uber take a taxi and make sure you get home safe because Christmas is on its way and we want to make sure you get home and uh, open up all the gifts. So I hope you had a good time on the show. I'll see you next week with Karen McNeil of The Wine Bible.